0: Welcome in to this week's episode of the It's Utah's World Podcast. Tom Hatton, Steve Bartle, with you as always. Follow him at sbartle247. Check him out at uZone.com. Seven-day free trial for all you newbies and myself at Tom Hatton's Hackers. is where I do most of my work. And uh, that's kind of where you can find us. Nate Wade Subaru is our sponsor. Without them, this show would not be possible. 1207 South Main Street. Salt Lake City, Utah. Just a few Minutes from downtown to Lake City, they're the oldest Subaru dealership in all of North America, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You've heard it all before. Go down, say good day, check out their new inventory, and um, and you'll thank us later. I can assure you. Anywho, it's, it's going to be a show. We've got a cool little show. Well, I knew a transfer just what some 66 odd days from the college football season. You're telling me there's nothing fishy about that? We're diving into it. Carl uh, Whittingham also did an interview, Pro Football Focus. He spoke with the boys over there and touched on a few different interesting subjects that are worthy of a conversation. And who else but Steve Bartle to have that conversation with. Steve, how are you, dude?
1: I'm doing good, Tom, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm well, man. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, it's Wednesday. I need to shave. I need to cut my hair. But life moves on, and uh, I'm still in my basement. You're outside, though. You look like you're rather pleasant, rather comfortable.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm doing the show, the recording from outside today. I typically do it from the basement floor myself, so I'm very familiar with that kind of setting, Tom. And I will say, like, doing it outside, it's nice. I got a nice little wind chime overhead here. You'll probably hear it coming through the recording. I don't care because... You know, it's quite soothing. So it is. Uh, yes, you know, it's it's nice. You got a nice little breeze. It's cloudy. It's a nice day today. I'm I'm feeling good, good man.
0: <laughs> good for you, Steve. <laughs> I'm happy. Someone's happy. Now uh we'll start. We'll kick things off. Orlando and and News broke yesterday, which would have been Tuesday. We're doing this on, on a Wednesday, Tuesday, June twenty Uh, that Orlando Omana was going to depart the program. I wrote the story for KSLSports.com, Steve, and as I'm writing the story, I'm going, goodness gracious, something feels off about this whole thing. We're talking about a player that had uh, a lot of starting minutes, a lot of starting games for the Utes over the years. He participated in three games as a freshman, but all games on, on special teams. He then... He then saw action in, I think it was like all 13 games his sophomore year. And my point here is that he has been a key contributor to the offensive line for many, many years, most recently at the center position. Now, last year, 2020, he found some injury concerns. He hurt his ankle, if I'm not mistaken, in that opening game against USC at home in that disheveled. Covid-stricken season and never saw the field again, and now he has gone. Steve, what what can you tell us about Orlando umana's departure from the program? Does it come as as any surprise to you, given the fact that there was always going to be competition with a, with a with a crop of younger players uh, ahead of the two thousand and twenty one season?
1: Honestly, Tom, like it's it's a a mixed bags in terms of the surprise level, like. You know, obviously he, he uh, suffered the injury and Nick Ford filled in and there was a noticeable difference in terms of the offensive line play with Ford at center. Um, And it's not to take anything away from Orlando Umana as a player. He does a lot of really good things. When you, when you play in 40 games and you have 26 starts, you're, you're obviously a good player. Um, And so you know, it's just an unfortunate circumstance of the sport where you can lose your starting job because you suffer in an injury. Um, and, you know, it's tough. It's tough to see it. Um, but, you know, obviously, like with Orlando, uh, the timing is a little bit weird and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, there are some things of why I think we're seeing it now, um, but I, I think you know, for, for Orlando, this is a guy that was really committed to Utah. You know, he was part of that 2017 class that included Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, Nick Ford in that class as well, Marquise Blair. Um, and so it was really, um, you know, he's been a guy that's, he was a, he was a Utah guy through and through, like really gave a lot to the program and did a lot to, um, you know, make sure that you know, other guys around him were, were playing at a high level as well. And he kind of emerged as a leader, you know, later on in, in his career, which was important for him. And, you know, he suffers that injury against USC. And, you know, here we are in June now, and Orlando Umana has decided to look for an opportunity elsewhere where he can, you know, find a, uh, a potentially a starting job uh, and potentially finish his career on a high note on the field.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah i agree um I, I i will also add i thought when he went down with the injury against usc uh, in the opening game a year ago yeah uh, you know, I, I i do think it took some time for nick ford to to adjust to the center position i thought the offensive line struggled through the first couple of weeks of the, of the season in 2020 now they only played 5 games and so we must you know take all of it with a grain of salt if you will but at the same time i thought nick ford took took a minute to get going once he did, once he found his groove, I thought the offensive line was good. But when, you know, while while he was still trying to figure out the position, Nick Ford in 2020, I thought it was rather apparent that the the loss of Orlando Amada was was rather large, um, and and he was a key player to that starting five up front for the Utes, and um, uh, and so I I guess I am a little surprised he transferred. I would have thought, you know, as a, as a as a senior, as an experienced veteran on the team. Uh, he would back himself in to compete against a younger crop of players that are vying for his position. And uh, given his experience, uh, given his leadership qualities, I mean, he was a captain a year ago, Steve. He was a captain in 2020, voted by his teammates. So um, so that does surprise me. But, but what surprised me even more so is the fact is the timing. The timing of it all doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. If you are going to transfer, you do it much earlier in the summer than now. Uh, we're getting to a point now where we are, counting down the days until the season kicks off, uh, let alone full camp, being just around the corner as an offensive line. As an offensive lineman, uh, the playbook is deep. It's it uh, it's rather tricky. Yeah, It takes some time to get used to. Uh, and if he's going to transfer, you'd imagine he wants to go to the best school possible. So, so for him to transfer this late into the process and then, and then expect to you know learn the playbook and beat out uh, other players that were expected to see starting minutes at whatever school he goes to. I just think that is such a stretch, specifically for that position. It's one thing for a punter, kicker, or long snapper to transfer late in the process. They don't have a playbook; they've got to learn. They just got to beat out another guy. But for an offensive lineman who has to learn all the plays, all the different methods and mechanics that are so, that, that specific offensive line coach wants from his players. And then to to go ahead and learn all of that and be confident enough in your ability to then beat out players. I mean that is asking that's asking a lot of any young man. I don't care who you are. So the timing of it. So there's something fishy going on, and I don't know what it is, Steve. I don't know if you do, and if you do, I doubt you could probably share it with us. But but there's something that's got to that's got to be going on behind the behind the scenes here for uh, Orlando and to to transfer. And it could be a number of reasons. I have no idea what it could be, but but there's no way he would transfer at this point in in all of the process. He would have done this uh, if he had known he was transferring Steve at the conclusion of last season. He would have transferred much, much earlier this year and given him given himself ample time to uh, acclimatize to his new program, but uh, but that I don't think was the case. I think he was intending on playing at Utah in 2021, given the timing of it all. But something has happened between the start of this year and where we are now for him to decide that that is not going to occur.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think there was a bit of a change of heart um, for Orlando Umana. I wish I knew exactly kind of what triggered you know, his change of heart. Um, but, you know, talking to people that I, I know, it sounded like, you know, the, there was a little bit of an expectation that maybe Orlando Umana would transfer um, earlier this, earlier in, in this process. You know, we remember Brian Thompson and Samson Nakua both entered the transfer portal, I believe, January, February around that time. There was, there was kind of an expectation that Orlando Umana might do the same um, around that time. Uh, as we got closer to spring ball, word was that, you know, he had sort of recommitted himself to the program, you know, after, you know, Devin Lloyd, Brant Heathy, and, and all of those guys announced that they were returning for the 2021 season. I think a lot of, a lot of the guys that have been in that program for a few years now, um, recognize the upcoming season as a real opportunity to win and win big. And I think Orlando, you know, had, had that realization and wanted to be a part of it. However, you know, like you go through camp and, you know, spring camp and, and all of that. And for a lot of these guys, you know, particularly a guy in Orlando's situation where you've played in 40 games, you've started 26 of them. You know, you know that you can play at this level. You know what you're capable of. You know that that you can do a lot of good things and you can contribute and you know if if certain things aren't happening you know if if some of the young guys are stepping up and taking reps and snaps you know those are all indicators and i don't know for sure like i'm i'm just speculating here um but you know that could lead to again another change of heart where uh, maybe he realized that he wasn't going to to get the playing time that he thought he would you know prior to spring ball um you know i think we're all pretty pretty much on the same page that Nick Ford, you know, while he did have his struggles, he also had some, some really impressive moments as well um, is, is pretty much um, penciled in as, as the starter at center. I think it Whittingham Harding have all commented to that extent that they kind of view him as a center. And I think, honestly, I think that's his best, his best projection to the next level. anyways. Uh, And so you've got a guy entrenched there. Now you've got a guy with uh, that really did some promising things. He was new to the position Um, as you, as you stated, Tom, he, he did have struggles. There were some blown assignments and pass protection, but he made a real difference in the running game. And I think, you know, for, for you. So we. To run the ball, right, Tom, (laughs) we, we know they love to run the ball. And so there was, like I said, there was a noticeable difference in the amount of push up front um, that they were able to generate with Ford in there. And so it's tough, man. And I think an important thing to remember here is that July 1st is the date that players have to enter the transfer portal by um, in order to receive immediate eligibility uh, at their school that they intend to transfer to. So, the timing is weird because typically, you know, a player in Orlando's situation, um, like like I just explained, typically we were, like I said, we were kind of expecting it to happen earlier this year. It didn't. Um, and so now he's, he's kind of up against it where, you know, he's got to find some place to land, but he entered the transfer portal now prior to July 1st so that he is eligible for uh, immediate eligibility. Which is, you know, that's obviously that's that's huge for him because if not, like he's, you know, he's screwed, and so you don't want to be screwed. That's not good. We don't like to be screwed. Um, So uh, it'll be really uh, interesting to see where he lands. I know there's a lot of talk that Utah State could be a landing spot. They're in need of some interior linemen. Um, Obviously, talk anytime a Utah player enters the portal. There's talk of BYU, but I wouldn't be surprised if he heads back hope closer to home. You know, he's from Northern California, from the Sacramento area. And, you know, they've got some programs out there, uh, Fresno State, um, and, and some of the others of, of that, of that, you know, level. And, and so it, it should be interesting just to see where he lands. And you know, hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully he finds a, a place where he can play and make an impact and finish his career on a high note.
0: Yeah. Well, look, we wish him all the best. Uh, regardless of, of where he ends up. Uh he, he put in a lot of good years for Utah football and uh, uh put in some pretty good performances uh along the way as well. So that's, we appreciate that's what's,
1: sorry Tom. That's oh, like, that's what's tough. That's what's tough about seeing guys like this enter the portal is because you know, he did. He put in a lot of time and a lot of a lot of a lot of days, a lot of workouts, a lot of, you know, school time. Uh he did a lot to um, contribute positively, you know, to the program. And, you know, it sucks to see a player like that, you know, leave the program. I'm I'm curious, Tom, did you, was there, I I mean, I'm sure you saw it, but was there a player during your time at Utah that, you know, kind of went through a similar situation? You know, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Just, I know we didn't talk about it, but I'm just, I'm just curious if, if there was a player, you know, during your playing career that, you know, kind of went through the same kind of thing?
0: Um, I guarantee you there were. I mean, there were so many. And then I think this is what a lot of people don't quite realize about the game, uh, that there's just so much um, movement within any roster at any point of the year, you know, specifically at the end of one season and before the next season, that there's so much turnover that occurs. Uh, and you know a lot of players right. that enter the transfer portal don't get articles written about them uh that's just the, the nature of the beast there are too many players you know but Orlando ivana yeah. was deserving of an article simply because of his his work um, in years done past so um right. it, this sort of stuff happens a lot more than i think the fan fan base realizes uh and it's the harsh reality of of the sport um but that it's kind of the nature of the beast. I guess he's, he'll be okay. He'll move on. It's not going to be easy by any stretch, uh, but I have good faith uh, and, and, and trust in in good people and and hope that somebody out there will pick him up. He's a good player. There's no question. And we, we've seen it um, over the course of, of the last handful of years. He's deserving to play at a power five team. I think he's capable. I think he has a, a positive mentality. I think he, He's a killer when he wants to be, and it's what all our offensive yeah. linemen strive to be. So, um, but yeah, certainly sad, certainly sad to see him go. Uh, certainly in the manner that um, that that it may have gone down in, given the timeline and time frame. But July first is just around the corner, Steve.
1: Yeah, no, and and you know, it, I was I was filling in for Bill Riley on ESPN 700 this week, and we had Chris Hummer uh, on our show, and Chris Hummer is part of our uh national uh panel of writers um and he he's done a really fascinating job of kind of detailing the transfer portal and he, the the impact that it's had on 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 the sport right so uh he he kind of broke down a lot of the numbers um and you know it, it, players transferring from a power five program only, I think it was 36% of them end up playing at another power five program. Mm -hmm. And typically those are guys that, you know, they've got multiple years left. They've kind of proven themselves as, as, as players. And, you know, he's, they're just looking for a different opportunity. Um, And so it's, it sucks because Orlando Umana, you know, he's proven himself as a player. But he's only got the one year, and that's, that's going to be tough. You know, so at, at the end of the day, I hope he finds a spot um, and, and hope that he is, is able to, to make a significant impact because, as you said, Tom, he is, he is a hell of a player. He can be a killer you know, when he wants to be, and uh, he deserves to, to, to end his career, you know, assuming he doesn't make it to the, to the next level, which he has all the potential in the world to do. Um, you know, you, hopefully he finds a, a good landing spot for himself.
0: Yeah. Well, time's running out in more ways than one for Orlando. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have a ton of time to find a new program before the start of his final college year. And, of course, he's only got one year remaining, so that may well put off yeah. other teams out there. So, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We'll keep you guys in the loop. And, and when he does land somewhere, we will report on it. Uh Hey, there was some other news uh, before we get, to some fun stuff. Carl Whittingham did a podcast. He doesn't do many of them. He did it with the Pro, fo- with the pro Football Focus guys, uh, and he, was only, he only spoke with them for about 10 minutes. But uh, I'll give you kind of the Cliff Notes version of, of how the, the interview unfolded. Uh, they started off by talking about uh, Carl Whittingham's kind of roots, I guess. You know, he was born in Northern California, went down to Los Angeles before moving to Utah, uh, right before high school. And he's been he's been out here ever since, obviously. Um, and he talked about kind of le- learning under Ron McBride and then under Urban Meyer. And I think this is kind of an interesting subject to touch. on He said, you know, Ron McBride's Ronnie Max' um, strength, if you will, was was on the recruiting side of things. He was a very very talented recruiter. Whereas Urban Meyer was more of a methodical um, strategist. You know, everything was organised and. Uh, detailed, and he left nothing to chance. And, and I think both both Ronnie Mack and Urban Meyer, we can debate for probably hours who's had more of an impact. They both had some sort of an impact on the way that Carl Whittingham has developed as a coach. Um, I'd probably lean closer towards the Urban Meyer than the Ronnie Mack. Uh, Urban was, was rather intense. Carl Whittingham's pretty intense himself. Um, but still, I think, you know, the, the conversation... Of, of how Carl uh, Whittingham's got to the place he, he's at right now. I think those two guys are, are fundamental and, and crucial in, in his development. Um, and and he, he admitted that, which was, I thought, really cool to see and hear. Uh, and then they, they kind of shifted the conversation to the defensive backs and the success they've had over the years. Did you guys know, uh, and, and I think there was a, uh, another article or, a, or a, another stat that came out, Utah Leads the entire country, the entire NCAA in, in consecutive pick sixes. So they've gone 17 consecutive seasons with at least one pick six. The next team on the list is Iowa, who's done it 13 seasons in a row. So 2003—that's Urban Meyer's first year in charge. So they didn't have a single pick six. In 2003, they still went 10 and 2, and of course, it was the year before Urban when all the way to, uh, to the Fiesta Bowl in that undefeated season, his final year before taking the job down there in Florida. So some pretty cool stuff coming out. The, uh, and then what I'm getting at here, kind of the, the cherry on top uh, with this pro football focus was um, with the interview was, was he talked about the quarterbacks and he talked about Charlie Brewer. Uh, and he made mention that he's a field general, that he's tough. Uh, That he is well respected by his teammates and despite only being here for six months, he's had a tremendous impact on the team already. Now, he did add, Steve, that there will be a quarterback battle, which is complete and utter nonsense. It's not right. He's lying, Steve. He's not telling the truth. There is no quarterback battle. Why are we still here?
1: Well it's uh it's man <laughs> Charlie Brewer, like everybody we talk to, right, Tom, like it's all it's all Charlie Brewer. We've talked about it on the show, right? Like last year everybody we talked to it was it was Cameron Rising, right? And this year it's it's all been Charlie Brewer. And so it's like, come on, man, like I'm I'm with you, Tom. Like why are we why are we doing this? Like if it's if you know it's Charlie, like just just say it's Charlie. Like, that's all. That's all we need to do. Let's just roll with Charlie. Let's do it. Let's do this mm. thing. Give him the job. Let's do this thing. There's, there's, I, you know, for as much as as we want to um, make this a battle, and and uh, and granted, I do think that Cameron Rising deserves a shot because, like we were just talking about with Orlando Omana, it sucks to see a player lose his job because of, you know, an injury. Um, you know, give credit to Nick Ford for stepping up and, and making a difference, but it still sucks to see players lose their job to injuries. And Cameron Rising, you know, even though he only played, what, sixteen snaps? Like he threw and it's so weird because this is the most optimistic, maybe the red goggled I'll ever sound. But in those sixteen snaps, which included an interception and a fumble, uh Cameron Rising looked like Looked like a dude. like, and, and granted, this is all based on really just one throw. So, uh, you know, excuse me, but his throw to Cole Fotheringham as he's rolling out to his right, put it right on the money to Cole, like right in the chest. You're just like, oh, my gosh, this dude has some talent here. And then obviously, you know, things happen and he gets injured. Um, but anyways, like for as much as it's about like – giving Cameron rising the opportunity to win his job back. Like he only had it for 16 snaps. Like you, if you know, Charlie Brewer is the guy. I don't think it's a big deal just to say he's the guy.
0: <laughs> no, I look, Hey, full disclosure. It's all about listeners for crying out loud. I'm a big fan of cam rising. Like I've Oh yeah. I've eaten multiple slices of pizza with the man down in the tunnel at halftime of games back when I was doing them the sideline rate we would eat pizza all the time when he was red shirting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. or when he had to
0: sit out because of the, sit transfer. Out with the transfer yeah
1: yeah every
0: time at halftime during the home game <laughs> him and i would chill and eat pizza like i love the man i think he's awesome i think he's really cool he's easy going he's easy to talk to uh like he's a he's a friend but i'm not here to, to lie to everybody. You know, this isn't my job on this podcast and your job on this podcast, Steve, is to tell people what we're hearing about Utah football. And I hate to break it to everybody, but Cam Rising is not even a chance to be QB1 at this point in time, uh, entering the season, just two just over two months out. So, yeah, we, we need to, like, pu- it's this gamesmanship. And this is like, I'm, I'm a firm believer, Steve. I'm a firm believer that Carl Whittingham, as much as I respect him, I think he pays way too much attention to this gamesmanship bulldust. It doesn't matter. He's so paranoid about injuries, about who's starting, who's healthy, who's available. It's like, coach, I love you, brother. I love you, man. I love you. I love you. But, like, the internet will always win. Can we just accept the fact that the internet is always undefeated? You cannot outsmart the internet. If somebody is injured, it will become known. Whether you like it, if if you have yeah. your QB1 in the bag, he's going to be known. The people are going to find out. The internet has changed and altered everything. This whole gamesmanship crap isn't, it's not, sufficient anymore it's not sustainable it's just not it needs to end he puts way too much attention towards it he's so paranoid he doesn't sleep after time because he's thinking about stuff he can't control it's like okay yeah but we're still doing it we're still doing it i guess because in this interview he talked about how there's a quarterback battle uh anyway
1: uh tom i hope that you make the title of this a podcast episode. The internet always wins. <laughs> it's
0: undefeated, dude.
1: Oh, I love it. I uh, love it, man. I agree with you, Tom. I like. Look, if 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 you know uh, Charlie Brewer is the guy, like, look, like people are going to find out. Like, players talk to other players. Like, it's not some secret for his. No. you know, like. That's the that's the thing is like you're not really gaining any sort of advantage. Like, let's just do this thing. Let's name the starter and let's go. Let's let yeah. these guys let it rip oh, and, and by the uh, the let's way, get Steve, after it.
0: By the way, yeah. Steve, their first game's against Weber State. So if hey. you're trying to hide anything, <laughs> goodness gracious. Like, I love Jay Hill. I, in fact, I love Jay Hill more than I love Carl Whittingham. But like Jay Hill's Weber State Wildcats – Aren't touching Utah in the opener. I would try to hey, see that out. Full disclosure yet again, if the Wildcats win, that would make me happier than I don't. I, maybe since the, the birth of my, my firstborn son,
1: I would oh love my. to see the Wildcats. Oh my. <laughs> oh I, my. I
0: would. I, I love Jay Hill. He's. I'm
1: unsubscribing. Best. I'm unsubscribing. He's I, I can't do this, Tom. I can't best. do this.
0: I, can't. I don't know Jay Charlie, Hill like you
1: do. Oh dude, oh, if man. Jay
0: beats Wit, I will laugh so hard. It'd be the best. I'll be like sad because obviously Utah's chances of, of going to the championship game are done within the blink of an eye. But but I don't know. I, I, I think it would be so fun for Jay Hill. Anyway, I shouldn't have said that because now I'm gonna no. piss people off. <laughs>
1: Yep, now everybody's going to be unsubscribing, unfollowing, yeah, yeah, unblocking, whatever. Whatever. unfriending. Yeah, go ahead and
0: do all that, you <laughs> negative Nancys. Uh, name, image, likeness, Steve. Uh, what are we expecting? What do you think's going to happen?
1: It's going to be wild. I'll tell you that much. Uh, honestly, like I don't think that this, in talking to people, and we've got, we've got friends in high places, not at Utah, but we've got friends in places that know things about this, and um, according to our friends, like this has not been put together very well. Um, and give credit to Utah uh, because they have at least put together a program that will educate their student-athletes about this. Um, there's just a lot of murkiness with NIL. For as much as we're excited about players having the opportunity to earn money off their name, image, and likeness, Like, it's a great thing for them. There's a lot of things that they need to learn about that whole process. And, like, I hate to, like, take a a turn to serious negative Nancy town, but, like, these guys need to be prepared for what it means to earn money off of their name, image, and likeness. You know, and I think, again, like I said, I think Utah, they've provided their student athletes with a program in Elevate U, which uh, does exactly that. And so I hope that players uh, take that program seriously and, and really learn about what this means, you know, cause it's not just like you get to put money, you get, you're getting money under the table and you get a, you get a pocket that like you've there's tax issues, there's all types of stuff with this. Um, and so it's going to be important for the student athletes to learn about those things. Um, but, you know, like, here we are this is this is modern college athletics now like players will have the opportunity to earn money and like i'm honestly uh i'm I'm wondering when is the first time we're gonna see a player like take off take off his jersey or something for an ad like a Nike ad or something because he was paid like whatever one whatever like a thirty second ad is. You know, for a commercial during a big bowl game, like when do we see that a player getting paid for advertisement on the field like that's where my mind is going, like when do we see that is does it happen in week six? Does it happen in week eight? Do we not see it to a bowl game? like when do we see those things? That's what I'm interested in now. Where are the prop depths on this kind of stuff? That's what I want to talk about,
0: yeah that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating. It, I mean, I don't want to take a pessimistic viewpoint either. I hope everybody makes some sort of coin off their name, image, and likeness. But I just have a feeling that there's a harsh reality awaiting for people out there, you know, that are that are hopeful to get their hands on some cash. Um, if you if you turn on the television nowadays, uh, you'll see the Donovan Mitchell's of the world. You'll see the Kalani Sitake's, Carl Whittinghams of the world. Uh, you know, you may, you'll see Rudy Gobert. Uh, you'll see a crop of of jazz players. You don't you don't even really see Royce O'Neal very often in advertisements or marketing campaigns. You don't. Yeah, you know, I remember seeing George George Niang uh, and Royce do something for some car dealership back in the day, um, but like it's rare. And, and they're professional athletes. They're, they're, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars a year. Uh, so I just have to think that, you know, for, for for most of these, these college kiddos out there, it's, it's going to be kind of a rude, rude awakening, not to mention Utah's, the state of Utah's pretty cheap as well. I, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the people of Utah are, are known to hold onto that coin. Uh, just ask, uh, just ask KSL's uh, sales folk. They'll be able to tell you all about that. But uh Either way, I'm excited. I I hope uh, I hope people can kind of find some sort of way to to make a dollar. Uh, I just I'm a little nervous for them because I just don't think it's going to happen in the manner that they probably hope it will. Um, I'm trying to think like Brant Keithy. I saw put something out there the other day, um, and maybe he's he's a, he's the sort of player that that has the potential to make make a dime. Um, I'm sure the Utah gymnastic girls are probably in line to make some sort of money based on the recent news that three former or present Utah youths go on to Tokyo for the Olympic Games. But like outside of that, you know, it's just it's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard to uh, to make some money. So, but it's exciting and there's a lot yep. of unknown, and we don't know where it's going to go. We could we could be completely wrong. A businesses left, right, and center could flop. To uh, to try and get their hands on some sort of uh, advertising through the help of college athletes, which they haven't been able to do before. Here's a question for you, Steve. So if we want to speak to athletes, if we want to speak to these players, do we have to go through like Paul Kirk or Geordie, or like, how does that work?
1: Dude, I have I'm no idea. sick of doing that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Like I, somebody floated the idea that, you know, we, we sponsor kids with like their own podcast stuff. And like, that's, it's a crazy idea. Like, I mean, I don't know, do we have to go through them? Do we have to go through compliance? Like
0: what I don't do we think do? So.
1: I have no idea what we have to do. So it, it's, man, it's I think it's a free for all. Yeah, I think so. Right. Like, I mean, the kid, like the kids themselves, the student athletes themselves are saying like, Hey, just slide my DMS. Let's do this. Like, Let's talk money. And so, like, I don't know who, like, what you have to go through. Like, what circles you have to go through. But, like, according to the student-athletes themselves, like, the football players have tweeted these kind of things. But, like, literally all you have to do is just contact them directly, apparently. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it sounds like there's – you don't really have to go through anybody else. You can talk to the players directly. Huh. Uh,
0: I I, kind of think that's how it's always – should have been. You know how we were talking about Carl Woody can Being like a, a wild um, gamesmanship uh, panic panicker. This is going to send him into like another universe. He 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 is not going to know how to handle this if his players are allowed to do interviews uh, without having having go through a poll. I mean, it's it's it could get ugly up there on the hill. Let me just let me just. Say that. All right. Uh, he's Steve Bartle at SBartle247. Check him out at seven day free trial for all you newbies out there. If you're into Utah football, just trust us. uzone.com is the destination for you. I'm Tom Hackett at TomCarntHackett, a proud member of KSLSports.com. So check that website out too for a more generic sporting atmosphere. Then Ute Zone, 1207 South Main Street is the address of Nate Wade's Subaru. They've got a ton of 2021 models right now. Uh, and if you're thinking about trading your Subaru in, now is the time. Used cars have never been worth more. And there are some pretty cool incentives going on when it comes to the 2021 Nate Wade Subaru model. So head down to the dealership, say Steve and I sent you from the it's Utah's World podcast, and they will look after you, no question about it. Hey Steve, I'm Tom. We say so long goodbye until next week. Be safe. Goodbye. <laughs>